What's up, mi gente? It's your boy Marco Rojas here for another episode of Aquí Estamos. If you haven't checked out the previous episodes on Apple Podcast or on Spotify, man, I recommend you do so, man. Go uh, support your boy, man. Uh, go and follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify at Aquí Estamos con Marco Rojas. So, you know, it's been an emotional week. Um, a lot of... Uh, pain and a lot of violence to our comunidades um but i do want to introduce this episode i just want to talk about just what transpired first on march 29th when adam toledo a 13 year old was shot and killed by a police officer in an alley during 2 30 in the, like around 2 30 in the morning and you know as a nation already we were already tensed and angry about the deaths of many community community members especially uh, george floyd brianna taylor sean monterosa and dante wright and it's just it's just so many unarmed individuals being killed and shot at from strong policing in our neighborhoods of color and on april 15 just a few days ago videos were released that gave a clear look of the shootings um, prior to that so many individuals are uh talking about how this young man was a threat and unfortunately he was a young man so it's like there's just so many things that i just wanted to uh unpack on this and also want to talk a little briefly about the stockton movement that we were able to do here in our city that really highlights these issues and really putting a a clear understanding and a a movement of unity within our community to really tackle on these issues and ultimately guys i just really want to focus on what has transpired these past few weeks on these shootings and ultimately i feel like the resulting of these shootings were of three main things man reason number one with poverty number two with violence and then lastly i want to talk about the over policing in neighborhoods of color and so that's something uh, that i just want to talk about in this episode and go more detail with it man so check us out here at aquí estamos just for a minute let's just conceptualize everything right now and you know emotionally i it feels like i've been trying to hold it together you know uh it's been tough because i have a child he's a newborn and all but still having a son and being able just seeing these videos man it has an effect on me mentally but um you know, a result of this is many, many different things. So I just want to talk about reason number one. And one of the reasons it has to do with is, is poverty, right? Um, with the incident that occurred in Chicago, you know, there is a lot of poverty in that city. You know, Chicago's one has, according to welfareinfo.org, Chicago has a 20.6% poverty rate. In reality, that's one out of every almost five residents in Chicago that lives in poverty. And that's alarming because when we really have to think about all this in perspective, it's a scary thing because we know poverty has an effect on people of color. Historically speaking, whether it's in Chicago, whether it's here in Stockton, whether it's in LA, in New York, there is when there's poverty, usually it results in many different things, policies, uh, racial uh, treatment towards these individuals that 
affect them negatively, right? And so when we're looking at this, I want you guys to think about these numbers because these are the numbers that I got, right? So Chicago has 20.6% poverty rate, right? Let's, let's hold on to that. That's huge, right? Chicago is one of the, you know, has one of the highest poverty uh, rates in the United States. And then we said one out of five Chicago residents live in poverty about, you know, 550,432 of the 2.6 million Chicago residents reported incomes below the poverty line in last year. Just think about that last year. So there is a lot of individuals that report that they live below the poverty line. And then the poverty rate across the state of Illinois, the whole state is 13.5%, meaning Chicago has a dramatically higher percentage of people living in the poverty line compared to anywhere else in the in Illinois. Chicago, one of the biggest cities, industrialist cities, very well-known city. I love Chicago. I've been to Chicago so many times. One of the most beautiful cities I've ever traveled. I've been to so many cities across the nation to see that they have higher poverty rates across the whole city, like compared to any other city in Illinois, it's mind boggling. Chicago has one of the most diverse cities in the nation. And I've been to uh, different cities in Illinois and there's not much diversity outside of Chicago. And since the past 10 years, the poverty rates have only increased. So when we think about poverty, this is disturbing, you know, as a nation that we need to see you know, how can we help these individuals? Because what kind of impact does that have on a society? 32% of black folks live below the poverty lines. Right below them are Latinos, 22%. So black and Latinos are holding the higher rates of poverty in the, in, in the state, in the city of Chicago. Now, why does that matter? So I came across an article um, in, based upon the Economic Policy Institute. And we have to really think about, okay, what is the, so even though there's high poverty, what does that have to do with these shootings? It all correlates to one another. And one thing about this article, it it was so well put. One thing that they uh, mentioned was that low income children has no access to health insurance, no routine for preventive medical and dental care. So they get more sick, which leads to more absences. And we all know what happens when students become more and more absent. They fall behind in school. They fall behind on their education. And then we start seeing an educational gap between kids of color and students that are students that are white and students of color. And so we're starting to see how poverty now affects the young individuals. Let's look at Chicago. Adam Toledo is a 13-year-old student, Latino from the little village, which we know is predominantly Latino. And when we're looking at this, is we have to ask this question, and none of this has been reported yet. But we're what you know, with certain news outlets saying probably are already deeming him as a thug and all this, which is so sad. We have to ask this question: Is what was his background? What was his family background? Were they living in poverty? Was he still going to school? All these questions matter. So we have to ask that question to ourselves. Are we just focusing on this one moment or do we have to look at it holistically and see, was he impacted way before this occurred with the uh, with the police officer? And this is why we have failed our children, especially our children of color.
you know, another reason why I feel like we have to talk about these issues, people of color as a whole, but violence has been an impact, right? When you think of poverty, the next reason that comes with it is violence. And in large cities, we are seeing violence and gang violence, a common theme, especially in uh, poor neighborhoods. And when in those poor neighborhoods, you know, you know, it's predominantly uh, people of color. In, in the Chicago Tribune, in 2021, you know, they had just talked about one, it being one of the most deadliest years so far with multiple murders taking place and gun violence being at its highest. I was also listening to what the mayor had to say after the shooting. And I just I really want you guys to check it out, man. Tell me what you guys think on this. In the early morning hours of Monday, March 29th in Little Village, a Chicago police officer shot and killed a 13 year old boy that we now know was Adam Toledo. I have seen those videos, and let me just say that they are incredibly difficult to watch. We live in a city that is traumatized by a long history of police violence and misconduct. So while we don't have enough information to be the judge and jury of this particular situation, it is certainly understandable why so many of our residents are feeling an all too familiar surge of outrage and pain. The mayor in the press conference the other day literally is talking about the history of police violence in Chicago. And, you know, you think about Chicago as one of the most diverse cities, but, you know, so much violence that the police have caused on communities of color. And, you know, you think about the incidents that happened with the Black Panther uh, leader, Fred Hampton, being shot and killed by the police and it being in Chicago, too. And you think of other individuals being shot and killed and being judged by their racial makeup. It's like we have to understand that violence tends to be uh, in the, its forefront here in these big cities. And it's a sad reality to, you know, people of color, Latinos, black folks and, and indigenous folks as well. And so we had to really grasp that idea and that concept. Interesting enough, and I thought, you know, police violence was up there. I thought gang violence was up there. But I was I came across another article that talked about a, a Northwestern University sociologist, a professor, Andrew uh, Papacristos. I think that's how you say his name. But he said that gang violence in Chicago is only a small faction of Chicago's violence in Chicago or the violence that is occurring in Chicago. And at first I was kind of dumbfounded by it because I was like, how, you know, I thought the numbers spoke for itself. But what he came to say was it was just at six percent of gang violence to understand gun crimes. He said found that more than half of the victims came from small networks of people who, because of their ties, are highly likely to get shot. So basically, the more of those people who have been shot, the greater risk the people that connect with them will have that same fate. So if you're not connecting with those with those individuals, you are fine. And it shows it's a very small percentage. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But in reality, y'all, violence is still violent. And violence has been affecting not only large cities. You got in the city of Stockton, you know, we were having a high rise of murder rates as well. And when you think of Stockton, you you also think high poverty leads to violence. And, you know, we're seeing this, this played a factor with the Adam Toledo incident and many other incidents in the past as well so we can't just drop it violence is another huge impact when we talk about these issues as well
where the incident happened where Adam Toledo was shot and killed and murdered from by the police, uh, we have to really think about the neighborhood itself, right? Little Village. Um, Little Village, from just the reports that I've been reading and all that, it is a, predominant, a predominantly Latino neighborhood. So one thing that I noticed that reason number three is just, I feel like there's just an over-policing in neighborhoods of color. You know, we see it all the time here in Stockton and in other cities too that are very diverse, but where there is areas of diversity, areas of people of color, you're seeing over-policing and we're noticing the fact that there's so much police into some small pockets of the neighborhood. Some will say, oh, well, it's violence and that they're connecting it with gangs and drugs and connecting them all together and that's why they're sending so much police forces and law enforcement into these neighborhoods. But one thing that we're noticing, even when you're over policing, it doesn't really keep the in, uh, the neighborhood safe. So one of the major things I thought that was impactful was just the over policing in neighborhoods of color. And here's the thing, you know, it's just I came across the representative that represents Little Village. And one of the things that he he basically was saying was that. He felt, he says, I feel grief, anger, and pain. Whatever the circumstances, we must not normalize the shooting of a child by police. We failed Adam as we failed so many other young people in our country. And if you've been, and like I said, if you've been listening to this whole episode, I've been talking about how necessarily legislation and policies has failed our children of color, our our younger children, so on and so forth, right? You're talking about violence and crime and poverty that are affecting these kids. And this is the reason why we're resulting to these issues. But he kept on saying these situations, how we failed our young people in our country. Well, you know, when people like this, people color, uh, people uh, or individuals that have power and they're in, in positions of power, it's important that when this legislations come, this to make take action, right? And you know, when we're talking about over policing in neighborhoods of color, you know, we have to ask, like, is it working, right? And in Chicago itself, according to a 2020 article that I read on the Chicago Tribune, once again, I'm just talking about the Chicago Tribune because they have, you know, their you know, they're in Chicago itself. 80% of white residents surveyed said that police make them feel safe. However, less than half of black residents feel the same way. And just a third of young black men felt that way uh, just in general. And so we're seeing that when white people are surveyed and talking about the police, yeah, they feel a little safer. But when it comes to people of color, when you're talking about uh, black residents, they don't feel as safe. And especially young black men who tend to be targeted by young uh, or tend to be targeted by law enforcement. The survey also included black, white, and Hispanic residents that showed their lack of confidence in the department. And they said that half of all respondents saying that Chicago police officers are trustworthy. So half of those individuals are saying they're even trustworthy. So what does that look like? You know, and I'm sure that, you know, I think that when we're talking about over policing, we're talking about the presence of law enforcement, not only in the neighborhoods, we're talking about in the schools, we're talking in the parks, etc. Because we know what that leads to, right? We know the prison industrial complex, right? Where they're seeing and noticing the kids being, you know, they notice who's going to already go to prison just based upon their test scores, so on and so forth. But the fact that law enforcement are always present in their face it brings fear, right? And it, it, it's it's more intimidating than anything else. And it just really leads to this point right here where when we're talking about Stockton, 
too. And, you know, we, you know, Stockton also diverse, very, you know, we have young individuals, part of the movement. And I just, you know, when we're talking about location of the budget and how that looks, you know, I know Chicago and Stockton are different, but Stockton, once again, similar to neighborhoods where there's a lot of people of color, right? This, when we're talking about over-policing, what does the budget look like for each city? Here in Stockton, the city spends 55% of their budget on the on law enforcement, on police. That means more than half of the budget goes to um, the police and law enforcement, which I thought is just, that's an, a huge amount. And then if you compare that to economic development, which is 3%, and community service, which is 3% as well, it just tends to, we tend to think like, why is policing so vital to these cities? Why, why are we putting so much money in our budget into law enforcement? And then cities with most diversity tend to have more policing just in general. And in Chicago, where the event took place of the shooting of Adam Toledo, you see Chicago having a similar uh, spending on public safety just like any other uh, city of with people of color that is diverse as well, where they're spending 56.1% on public safety law enforcement. And when they're focusing on community services, down to 3.9%. So it's very similar to these, you know, when you're talking about cities that has predominantly people of color. So my question is always asking as we, you know, close out on this episode is, why do we focus so much on law enforcement and not the investment on education and, and public services that can help these communities of color with trauma, with all these needs that they need to uh, address so we can uh, basically handle the situation of violence and all that they have experienced in their lifetime. And also, I just first of all, I'm just so proud of my city, you know, standing up to this uh not only this pandemic, but also to the acts of violence and the grassroots organizing of organizers here in the city that are confronting injustices that are in Stockton. So I'm going to close out on a few clips of individuals in the speaking of the Virgil that we had here in Stockton, California, that focused on Adam Toledo, but also Dante Wright and Devin and Devin Carter and all these other individuals, man. Sepan.